0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, let's do this. What is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter at Pat Moran Tweets. Thank you very, very much as always for tuning in. Locked in today. I really appreciate each and every single one of you out there. Um, the continuation of a very busy week here at this podcast. This is going to be the second of four episodes airing this week, and I'm really excited about this one. I have a recurring guest, a very popular, well-known national NFL insider, sports talk show host. I'm talking about Benjamin Albright. Of course, Ben is based out of Denver. Ben's been kind enough to do this podcast. It's this going to be his fifth time now, man. Such a good dude. Every time I've ever called on him and asked him to be on the show, he's always found the time and there's no busier time for Ben Albright than right now. Regular season's over. Playoffs are starting this week. Of course, Ben primarily covers the Denver Broncos. There's turmoil going on over there. They just fired their head coach, but Ben was still able to carve out like 15 minutes or so for me to to have a fun conversation. Quite frankly, it was a a really good conversation right to the point we didn't mess around much. I do have to say, I got to warn you a little bit. There is a couple small stretches of the audio where there's some audio difficulties. I guess that's what we'll call them. Just that annoying, like, it wasn't Skype, I like those Skype sounds where you kind of cut in and out a little bit. Now, typically I have the software that I like to set up for when I have a podcast guest. But again, this was a a wham-bam kind of deal. Ben's very busy. He can only do it by cell phone. And when you do an interview by phone, things tend to happen. Really good content. I mean, great conversation. Doesn't need to be long. It needs to be effective. And that's exactly what it was. But I just want to let you know that There's a couple small stretches while Ben's talking that kind of cut out a little bit. Hopefully you'll still be able to understand completely uh, what he was saying. So I got that for you. After that, uh, I got some takeaways too. So when the conversation with Ben is over, I got some takeaways based on some of the things that Ben and I discussed during our chat, mostly revolving the Buffalo Bills. In fact, completely revolving the Buffalo Bills, um, potential coordinator jobs or I should say potential head coaching jobs that Brian Dable and Leslie Frazier could be in line for. Uh, I got some reaction to what Ben said about that. Some reaction to Ben suggesting that Bills fans should have been rooting to play the Chargers instead of the Patriots in the playoffs. Pretty wild there. I disagree with that. And that's going to be something I have thoughts on. uh, Dawson Knox, a bunch of stuff. So anyway, I'll have some takeaways after the chat. And then before I get out of here, I want to pay homage to Brian Blessing. Brian Blessing is a... Buffalo sports media person who was around in the Buffalo sports media for nearly a quarter century, really talented guy. He passed away sadly at the age of 64 in Vegas over the weekend. I'll have some thoughts on him as well. Uh, Before I drop this chat right now with Ben, which again, I'm going to do in just a second. Just want to let you guys know, again, this is the second of four episodes this week. I had a solo episode, a little mini pod yesterday. No particular reason. I just, I was wired wanted to talk bills playoffs. So I recorded a little something solo today, of course, is Ben Albright. Very good guest. By the way, Ben's got like 120,000 followers on Twitter. Just a really popular guy. I'm really excited to have him. But anyway, so that's today. Tomorrow, I'm going to drop a bonus Wednesday episode. Now, we always have Tuesday and Friday episodes, and I drop some random bonus ones. Wednesday's going to be one of them. Bill's playoffs, a lot going on, a lot I want to get to. So uh, I got another first-time guest coming on tomorrow, Uh, Anthony Brohaska, who is a a great analyst for cover one man and i love cover one you hear him going on the show all the time i've had greg thompson on many times eric turner's been on steve mathis so dave tilton a lot of the cover one guys i'm a big fan of all the, of that whole crew so i'm looking forward to talking to anthony for the first time we'll break down the bills much more in depth uh we'll talk about some of the film work he does i'm looking very very forward to having a conversation about tremaine evans so we'll do that. Anyway, that's tomorrow with Anthony. Then, of course, Friday, casual Friday with my man, Joe and We do that every Friday. So still got a couple more good episodes to look forward to this week. But anyway, before those, let's get into today. I don't want to waste any more time. This is a good one, one I always look forward to. Here it is, a chat with my buddy, Benjamin Albright. All right, I'm joined right now by NFL insider Benjamin Albright you listen to this podcast, you already know how I feel about Ben. So I can skip the pleasantries. His time is really tight right now. A lot going on in Denver, NFL playoffs, tons of stuff going on. So uh, let me just dive right in head first here. First of all, Ben, thank you for joining the pod. But uh, let me start with this. I want to I start with your team that you primarily cover anyway, and then we'll circle back to the Buffalo Bills. So Denver fired uh, Vic Vangio over the weekend. And your move was that, or in your opinion, I should say, was that the right move? Is that something that you saw coming?
2: Uh, yeah, it's something we saw coming. I, I definitely thought it was going to happen. Whether or not it was the right move, I guess, remains to be seen. Um, I, I think it was a tough call. I mean, I, I think if you look at... Vic Fangio and what he's done. The Broncos defense has been incredible, but the, the problem is the offensive side of the ball has just been brutally bad. Um, you know, they handpicked uh, their OC and Pat Shermer handpicked their quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater. And then they came in and scored less points than Drew Locke, Kendall Hinton, Brett Ripon, and uh, Jeff Driscoll managed to get. So uh, with an easier schedule too. So, you know, it's, it's, um, I think it was a tough call. I, I think if I think if George Payton had managed to land Aaron Rodgers this past offseason, mm-hmm. uh and Green Bay wouldn't pick up the phone. But if Aaron you know, if that had happened, I think we're having an entirely different conversation. I think we might even be talking about Vic Fangio's coach of the year right now. The Broncos are an eleven win football team. And you know, it just goes to show the importance of the quarterback and the quarterback position that no matter what else you're doing at the end of the day, if you don't have that, you're probably not getting wins. And if you're not getting wins, heads are gonna roll.
1: Well, you just definitely saved me the question because I was going to ask you that next. It feels to me like Denver was like the uh, the epitome of how important having a really good quarterback is because it's just, it seems to me, and I like Denver. I'm a fan of the Broncos. It seems to me like this was a roster that should be a contender right now with even, I, you know, maybe I don't want to say mediocre quarterback play because pretty much what they got, but just, you know, you go out and you get an Aaron Rodgers or you find a way to get a Russell Wilson or something like that. And they can be very much in this conversation along with the bills and the chiefs and all these teams that we're about to talk about. Well, yeah.
2: And I think that's the case. I think if, you know, again, this is, it's pretty clear. Um, if you look at the stats, you look at the numbers uh, between um, uh, across the NFL. Uh, if you don't average 25 points a game, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. Um, and I, and in fact, I can tell you uh, leading into going into week 17, every team that was uh, slotted for the playoffs averaged that on offense uh, with the exception of the Titans who are like 24.99. Um, and then, you know, you, the, the Raiders beat the chargers. So the, you know, they come in under that number, but other than that, every other team and no team that averaged, uh, uh, 25 points per game or more, uh, on offense, uh, didn't make the playoffs except for the chargers. So
1: let me kind of circle to the bills here with a question. that ties into Denver a little bit. Now we're taping this mid afternoon on Monday, dropping this on Tuesday, obviously Lots of guys are getting fired. We're hearing lots of reports about guys already getting interviews. I was going to ask you this. I still want to ask you this about Denver. Um, Leslie Frazier, defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, and, of course, Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator for the Bills. Do you feel like one or both of them legitimately could be candidates for the job? Now, there's already a report out here on Monday afternoon that the Chicago Bears have already requested permission to interview for Leslie Frazier.
2: Well, the Bears are going to interview both those guys. Uh, I think they prefer the offensive one. Um, obviously, the Bears, I think, are have their fingers crossed for Harbaugh. But if they don't get him, I think Dable would be their fallback plan. Um, both those guys are going to get multiple interviews with multiple teams. Any, anytime you're a coordinator on a successful team that's you know that's winning football games and has has created a successful culture, teams are going to want to pick their brain about that, whether or not they ultimately hire those guys or not. So. Uh, with Leslie Frazier, uh, you know, he has previous head coaching experience didn't really go that well for him, but he has it. Uh, and that's considered a plus. Uh, it, it's funny how fans and media are always shouting the word retread, but in the NFL, it's experience, you know?
1: Sure. Do you think Dable is a legitimate candidate for a job like Denver?
2: I don't even think he's going to get an interview here. Um, it's possible, but I, I think they have their eye on other offensive guys. Um so, you know, we'll see, but I think uh um I you know, I, I don't think the Dable is going to get an interview here. We'll see.
1: All right, now turning our attention to the Bills here. So, it wasn't it wasn't easy, it wasn't pretty, but the Buffalo Bills ended up 11 and 6 this year. One AFC East for a second straight year. Let me get an assessment from you on Josh Allen a year after finishing second in 2020 in MVP race. Um statistically, uh, He's the first quarterback in NFL history with 4,000 passing yards and 750 rushing yards in the same season. But in a way, it feels like it slightly regressed from last year. And I like talking to you about Josh Allen because I remember going all the way back to 2018. I had you on before the draft and like almost everyone, you were skeptical of him. And then you've talked about his growth and his progression over the last couple of years. Where are you at with him right now in regards to his standing among the, the best quarterbacks around the league?
2: Oh, he's a superstar quarterback. He's absolutely made that growth and become that guy. He wasn't that guy coming out. And, you know, kudos to everybody who projected him to, to, to be that guy because it was few and far between. You sure. know, there's a lot of revisionist history now with people claiming, oh, I, I knew about Josh Allen all along, which is total malarkey. Uh, most people did not. But, you know, did? Um, you know, that said, Judge did a great job, improved, uh, and the Bills done a great job of, A, keeping continuity around him, you know, keeping his name offensive, B, putting the right pieces around him, you know, when he first uh, first got to the league, didn't really have the right pieces around him. Yeah. Offensive line receivers, they went out and got guys uh, that could block a little bit better, they went out and got Stephon Diggs, you know, they went out and added the right pieces. So, um, you know, I I think it's a combination of things. I think it's Josh's growth, and I think it's organizationally great decisions in in making a commitment to putting the right pieces around him.
1: Uh, Talk about the Buffalo defense. Finished first in the NFL in uh, scoring defense, and number one also in overall defense. And now this is also a defense that on Thanksgiving lost Trey White for the season. But have you been surprised at how good the defense has been? I mean, this was a team last year it was all about the offense and going into the season all about the offense, but it's been the defense actually, that's been far more consistent than the offense, quite frankly, this season. Yeah.
2: Not surprised at all. Buffalo's had a good defense. Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, great defensive minds. And there are other guys on that staff that are as well. Um, you know, not not surprised by that at all. That said, there are some cracks. Um, you know, Even though they finished number one in scoring, they're a defense that showed that you can run on them, and that's going to be a problem in the playoffs. Uh, so they're going to have to figure that out. Uh, they're going to have to do a better job offensively of getting out to early leads and forcing teams to to try to throw on them, because uh, if you can make them one dimensional, that's where that defense is at its best. Uh, if you allow that other teams to get a lead, they can run the football on you. And I, I promise you, a healthy Derrick Henry coming back off injury, going downhill against that defense, probably we give Sean McDermott nightmares.
1: Yeah, for sure. And conversely, with the Bills running game, actually, now it's the New York Jets that they just played this weekend, so let's keep that in perspective. But the Bills ran for 170 yards against New York a week after running for 233 uh, against Atlanta the week before. Devin Singletary finally uh, seems to be coming along, ran for 110 and 88 yards over these last two games. Obviously, Josh Allen continues to do damage with his legs, especially when his arm's a little bit erratic like it was against the Jets on Sunday. Obviously, running the ball effectively matters. You just spoke of it. The Bills have seen it firsthand when a team effectively runs on them. Um, Is this something you think to get past teams like New England and maybe Kansas City going forward and stuff? That it's not just going to be the arm of Josh Allen. The Bills are going to have to be better at running the football as well.
2: No, yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. Everybody talks about throwing the football and throwing the ball over the yard, but when you get to the playoffs, you got to be able to run. You got to be able to play defense. You know, one-dimensional offense can make the playoffs, but they, they tend not to go anywhere. And so that's the thing. If you can run the football and you can play defense, you can be competitive in every football game. And when one thing isn't working, you can rely on one of the others. And that's so vital because every game you come to, not everything is going to go perfectly. And sometimes something is not going to work that day. And you have to be able to rely on something else. And, you know, teams that can't do that, uh, that don't have that in their back pocket, well, they get they, they bounced from the playoffs pretty quick.
1: One more guy I wanted to talk about on the Bills and then we'll spend a few minutes talking about the playoffs before I get you out of here. During the spring, I had you on the podcast and I remember a very focal point of the Bills offseason was talk that they were looking to acquire Zach Ertz. And I remember specifically asking you about it. And at that time, it seemed like everyone, including myself, was kind of dismissing Dawson Knox. And I vividly remember you talking about saying that the guy, you know, he's still raw and he has a lot of potential and he's still growing and he's still developing. Well, turns out this year, I mean- you were pretty spot on with that. The guy, after two pretty, uh, you know, like semi mediocre seasons with the Bills prior to this year, he emerged big time this year 49 catches, nearly 600 yards, and he set a franchise record with nine touchdown catches. Just talk about, you know, the, the role that he has in this offense now and his development. And maybe uh, maybe Brandon Bean was correct to not pull the trigger on, on going out and getting someone like Zach Ertz because it seems to me like Dawson Knox is getting the job done.
2: Yeah, he is. And, y- and you can see flashes of that before. It was just a, a, a commitment to staying patient and watching him develop. Um, you know, having a a guy of his athleticism and and build out there is big for a guy like that. you got to have guys that can work the middle of the field. And, and when, when you have it, it's everybody else better. And, you know, I referred to talking earlier in his career where you had like all those little pinball guys and, and nobody that could really work the middle of the field. Well, now they've got that. Now they've got the, the, the contested catch guy deep and stuff Diggs. things. You've got the, the middle of the field. And Dawson Knox, and, and anytime you have those kinds of things, that, that challenges the defense. That now they have to account for that, and uh, it just makes everybody around you better. So, uh, being patient with him and allowing him to grow into the player that he's become, that's that's just a testament to good organizational skills and good in an organization, not uh, uh, not cutting bait because somebody didn't develop
1: fast enough. Is this one of the craziest regular seasons that you can remember? I mean, for starters, if you would have told me like maybe eight weeks ago or so that the Indianapolis Colts that the LA Chargers, the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens, they would all miss the FC playoffs. I would have said, you're nuts. This has been crazy. I mean, what happened with Indy losing to Jacksonville? The Bills lost to Jacksonville, which ended up costing them big time. It's just been a crazy season, isn't it?
2: Um, there's been a lot more parity in the league this year than there has been. And, Do you um, like that? You know, in some in some years, yeah, I, I like it. A competitive league is good for everybody. Anybody being able to win on any given Sunday is good for everybody. You know, last thing you want is is blowouts. You know, or gimme games, that kind of stuff, because uh, it, it cheapens the competitive balance of the league. So, uh, I I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, yeah, I, I thought the Colts would probably make the playoffs. They didn't. Um, the the other teams all had massive, I think, massive injuries that re- really contributed. And then the Chargers. the problem with them, uh, you know, was, was kind of reflected in, uh, the the last play, last offensive play of the game, they couldn't stop them all year and, and, uh, and, and when they needed to get a stop in order to force a long field goal, they couldn't get it. And then the Raiders, you know, get that yard run and kick field goal. So, um, you know, that, that's, that was really reflective of who the Chargers were all year.
1: One of the reasons I love talking to you so much on this podcast is I know I'm going to get a national unemotional objective response when I ask you a question. So. As a Bills fan, the preference to, for who they were playing in the first round, was going to be New England or was going to be the Chargers? And late in the Sunday night, it looked like for sure it was going to be New England. And then all of a sudden, Justin Herbert starts going nuts over the last five minutes or so of that game. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, did you get the outcome that you wanted? Would you rather see New England in the first round or would you rather see the Chargers? Because obviously, I mean, there's holes with the Chargers, but they're a very dangerous team. And we already know what New England is. So if you're a Bills fan, did you get what you wanted?
2: Well, they're not going to see either of them. You get the Raiders. But uh, I mean, you would have gotten the Raiders over the Chargers. Right. But
1: um, well, the Chargers, Chargers would have won. They would have gotten the Chargers. They would have been
2: OK. They would get the Chargers. Well, yeah. OK. So like, no, um, if you if you're the Bills, you wanted to play the Chargers. The Chargers are the significantly weaker team. Um, i don't i don't understand why you'd want to face new england's basically the the best defense in the league uh or the, one of the best three the three defenses in the league this year that were head and shoulders above everybody was uh, new england buffalo and and denver mm-hmm. uh, so i don't know why you'd want to play one of the best defenses in the league if you could avoid it um especially bill belichick who has the playoff experience so uh no you would not want to play new england i don't know who would be rooting for that outcome
1: People who are afraid of Justin Herbert, <laughs> I guess. Oh,
2: well, if you don't have faith in your own quarterback, I guess you can be afraid of Justin Herbert. But if you got faith in your quarterback being able to go toe-to-toe, then I wouldn't worry about it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. That's a very good point. Which of these first-round matchups here coming up over the weekend intrigue you the most?
2: Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, all, all of them are fun for me. I've kind of got my eye on the Niners-Cowboys just because both Cowboys coordinators are uh, in line for a lot of interview jobs, and I wonder if their eyes are going to be on the prize in that. Um, the Eagles are interesting to me because I feel like they're actually a really bad football team, but they changed their offense up uh, at one point during the season and started going gangbusters. So, um, you know, that's interesting to see them go up against Tom Brady.
1: All right. Last question, Ben. I'm going to let you go. I appreciate your time and how busy you are. I've asked this to a few others as well recently. If your life depended on it right now, I'm getting this right, not for clout, not for bragging rights, not to be able to go on Twitter and say, hey, guys, I told you so. If, like, literally, your life depended on it right now. and it, And somebody said, your life depends on picking the Super Bowl winner right now. Who would you end up taking if you had to pick somebody?
2: Well, I took uh, I took Buffalo versus Green Bay in the preseason uh, to go to the Super Bowl, and I took Green Bay to win, so I'm going to stand by that.
1: All right, and I'll tell you what. Also, for people listening, if you haven't heard previous uh, episodes with Ben, this is what I love about you, too. You were on the Bills. I don't want to say the bandwagon because you're not like a, a Bills fan, but you were on the Bills yeah. going to the AFC Championship last year. This year mm-hmm. it was like the the you know the the clicky pick. Everyone was picking Buffalo to go to the championship. You had the Bills going there last year, so that's one of the reasons why I always enjoyed having you on and giving <laughs> you credit. But all right, so you're gonna have the, the Green Bay Packers if your life depends on it. That's who you're taking.
2: That's who I'm taking.
1: Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Everyone, give Ben a follow on Twitter at Albright NFL. Again, this is a crazy busy week. I got you on literally the day after the regular season. All these coaching firings going on in the playoffs. I know how busy you are. So thank you for just giving up. Some of your time, man. I really appreciate you, Ben, as always.
2: No, uh, no problem. Take care.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
3: All right. Big thank you again, Benjamin Albright,
1: for that interview. Again, Ben is really, really busy and his time is severely restricted. So to even give us 15 minutes was really, really cool of him. And again, I apologize for a little bit of audio technical difficulties there because Ben was on a cell phone. And again, quite frankly, we didn't have time to hook up the way I would normally like to do one of these podcast interviews. But anyway, the content was there. You know what Ben was saying. That's all that matters. And I'll tell you what, before I get out of here, I just want to spend a couple quick minutes here. I kind of want to, I got a couple takeaways from some of the things that Ben discussed with me during his chat that you just heard right now that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, One of them regarding the Bills offensive and defensive coordinators, Brian Dable and Leslie Frazier, of course, I asked him about the possibility of them being candidates for Denver and Ben was pretty stern in saying that he doesn't think Dable's going to be a strong candidate. In fact, he wasn't even sure that Dable's going to get an interview. So not doesn't sound likely with that. And Leslie Frazier could be a candidate. He thinks he'll get an interview. Now there's already a report out there on Monday afternoon that the Chicago bears are going to interview Leslie Frazier for the head coaching job. Let me just say this when it comes to the bills coordinators, if they get an opportunity to get a head coaching job, I hope they get it. They just, I think it's deserved. I think both coaches deserve it. I think Leslie Frazier deserves another chance. He wasn't successful with Minnesota but he has been a really good coordinator. He's a leader of men. He's very well respected. And I think he could be the good CEO of an organization. Go out and you get yourself a good offensive coordinator, somebody to run the offense. I think he could take an organization, maybe like Chicago, for example, and, and turn them around. You know, it starts in the locker room. I think Leslie Frazier would be a great fit for them. Quite frankly, I think Brian Dable would as well, but for different reasons. You know, we've seen what Brian Dable has done with Josh Allen. If I am a NFL owner on the league, I see that. I got a guy like Justin Fields. I'm like, man, I'd like to get Brian Dable and see what he could do with Justin Fields. So I could see it happening, but I don't know. I'd just be guessing. Now, somebody like Benjamin's far more plugged into situations like this. So if he's saying that Brian Dable, he doesn't expect him to be a serious candidate for Denver, I'll take his word for it because I'd just be guessing. I don't think Benjamin's guessing whatsoever. Um, I'll say this, so last year, who knows? I'm prepared this year to lose in both. I was prepared last year. In fact, I was telling anybody who listened, all my friends, whoever, I was like, I'll bet my life Brian Dable becomes a head coach last offseason. I'm talking about. I mean, you take a guy like Josh Allen, who was so raw in 2018 and three years later, he's finishing second in NFL MVP. Come on. And he proved this year was no fluke. Brian Dable is very deserving of a head coaching job. And there's a lot of them out there now. So. We'll see what happens. But anyway, to recap what Ben said, he does not expect um, Dable to be a serious one in Denver. And he doesn't really sound very confident that Leslie Frazier would be as well either. Another thing we talked about, which I brought up because it was based on a conversation that we had when Ben was on the podcast earlier in the spring was Dawson Knox. And I'll tell you this, I'll give Ben credit for this too. I was not high on Dawson Knox. And most of you listening were not high on Dawson Knox this time one year ago tell you that right now. And there was a lot of talk, a lot of prominent talk that the Bills were going to make a trade for, for Zach Ertz. That was a very strong rumor this entire offseason season then the summer. Hell, even up to the NFL trading deadline this season. But anyway, I referenced back to last spring asking Ben for his thoughts on that. And he was quite candid at that point. And he says, I think the Bills would be giving up on Dawson Knox too easily. He saw a lot of talent still in Dawson Knox that maybe we didn't see and that it was about more time and development. And luckily, the, the Bills franchise, the organization gave Dawson Knox this year to really develop it. I kind of think we've, uh, we've seen the rewards of that. You no, know, I like, this is one of the reasons why I like talking to Ben too, because first of all, he's in, I love talking to national people because I love to get that non-emotional, completely objective observations when it comes to the Bills. There's no emotion when Ben's talking about the Bills. Ben Albright cannot care less if the Buffalo Bills are a good team or a bad team. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the reasons why, plus he's very knowledgeable and he's very plugged in. He talks to a lot of people around the league. So that's one of the reasons why I love talking to him so much. And again, Ben's not a Bills fan, but I'll tell you what, he has been pretty high on this team. He's been like a year ahead of the curve. Back last year, not this season, last season, Ben was, at that time, the only person that I know who picked the Buffalo Bills to go to the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. And he was spot on. He got that and hit the nail right on the head. And that was last year. Now this year, of course, everyone came into the season picking the Bills to go to the AFC Championship. Last spring, Ben was much higher on Dawson Knox than most of us, including myself. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think of Dawson Knox... And I remember coming back to Buffalo, moving back home this summer. And one of the first things I did, one of the first podcast episodes I had was the idea of doing this finer wing club series. I would get one or two guests. We would go to a a bar, restaurant, whatever you want to call it, have wings, sit down and and talk. And I went to Mulberry and I had Matt Perino from newyorkup.com and I had Nate Geary from WGR. The three of us sat down. Had wings. Also, my man, Joe Miller from Buffalo Rumblings. He was in the house as well. We sat down, had wings, grabbed the mics, started recording. And I remember Dawson Knox was there with his, I think it's his girlfriend. I'm not sure he's married. He was with this girl. Put it that way. And he was literally sitting there having dinner, maybe seven feet away from us. And this was right before Bill's training camp. And I remember the conversation, one of the topics being... Red flags going into training camp, and right at the very top—I mean, right at the very top—we were talking about the tight end position and Dawson Knox. In one season, this went from being a big red flag to one of the strengths on this football team. Dawson Knox has arrived; he's emerged. Now he's still a little bit inconsistent. It can be maddening at times, but he's a good player, man. He's a good blocker too, by the way. Nine touchdown catches, franchise record. Anyway. Ben talked about him earlier in the spring and he brought him up again today or I brought him up and and he talked about him. So that's a good takeaway. So I want to give Ben credit for that. Um, Ben also talked about, he likes the Bills defense. I brought up them being the number one defense in the NFL and he likes the defense, but he does point out that there's still plenty to worry about and mainly stopping the run. Now, I know this is a, a sore spot for, for fans, but Ben's not wrong because the Bills Put the stats aside. Stats can be so deceitful at times, by the way. And that's not to say the Bills defense isn't good. I think the Bills defense is very good. As good as any team in the league, maybe. Statistically, they're better than every team in the league. I know that. But, but stopping the run is a problem. And this is the playoffs. And what do teams generally do in the playoffs? They run the football more, right? And the Bills are playing a team that really loves to run the football this coming Saturday night. The Bills, for all for as good as the defense has been this year, stopping the run at times has been a sore spot. Now, I think they pad their stats against some really weak teams. Look no further than the New York Jets this past weekend, for an example. But the bottom line is they couldn't stop Derrick Henry. They couldn't stop Jonathan Taylor. They couldn't stop the New England Patriots running backs the first time they played them. Um, the defense was very bad in the first half against Tampa on the road. And they came back, I mean, they didn't play a lot of good teams. And when they played good teams, they struggled. I just listed three and a half right there. Tennessee, Indy, at least the running part of stopping the run the first time they played New England, that game in Orchard Park with all the wind. That first half against Tampa, not good, you know? Now, they did pass a couple tests. I mean, they, they were really good against the Chiefs. And in the rematch against New England, when essentially the division was on the line, on the road, the defense played very, very well. again. A very good defense and Ben agrees with that too but it's not without flaw and there's not it's not without worry the Bills are going to have to do a better job of stopping the run against the New England Patriots I mean they, they did in the second time they had to do it better than he did the first let's just put it that way there's good teams that can run the football in the playoffs and uh Ben talked about stopping the run and it's completely it's something that I completely agree with and then one other thing too this is where I I don't know man I kind of choked a little bit, to be honest with you. Not choked, but I froze a little bit. I asked Ben point blank during our conversation if Bills fans should have been rooting for the Chargers or to play the Chargers or play the Patriots. And Ben was adamant as shit. I was actually kind of surprised, but Ben was very adamant that Bills fans should have been hoping that the Chargers won that game, that they got to play the Chargers. I did not, I didn't say nothing to Ben. In part, you know, In part, I didn't say anything because I know his time was limited. And that could have been something I talked to him 15, 20 minutes about. He didn't have an extra 15, 20 minutes. But I don't agree with that. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I watched that game on Sunday. And I wanted nothing to do with Justin Herbert. That offense scares the shit out of me. You got a great quarterback. And you also have two really good wide receivers. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, not to mention. A good tight end and Cook. Eckler coming out of the backfield. A lot of weapons. Now the Bills had the best pass defense in the NFL. I know that. But still, Trey White out. Dane Jackson has not been tested a ton this year because the Bills, quite frankly, ever since Trey White's went out, the Bills have not played a lot of teams that have more than one good receiver. In fact, they haven't played a lot of teams They haven't even got one great receiver, let alone two since Trey got hurt, with the exception of Tampa. So I, I'm, I don't know. The Bills have been living a little dangerously at that position. I wasn't, I wasn't excited about the prospect of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams lining up. I don't care what the weather was in Buffalo and with Justin Herbert throwing it by me. We saw what he did in the last five minutes of that game. That just scared the shit out of me. But Ben was very, very adamant that the Chargers are the inferior football team compared to New England. He talked about the Patriots defense, which he's right. He talked about their running game, which he's right. He talked about Bill Belichick, which he's right. I don't know. I think it's, look, it, it doesn't matter to move point because the Bills are playing the Patriots whether they want to or not. I get that, but for the purpose, you know, our water cooler talks that we have all week, I don't know. I still think the Bills are playing the, I don't agree with Ben. I still think if I had my pick, the Bills are playing who I want them to play this week. I, I feel this way. And, and, and again, Ben had a very, very good point too. He said, you have to trust Josh Allen to be as good as Justin Herbert and that the Bills do the other things better and they win the football game. And he's right, but I look at it this way. End of the day, minus a blizzard or 40 mile an hour wins. Mac Jones ain't gonna beat the Bills. Josh Allen can beat the Patriots. Mac Jones is not a better quarterback than Josh Allen. On a great day, Josh Allen could play B plus football and Justin Herbert could play A minus football and they're dead even. I don't see a scenario if it comes to throwing the football where Josh Allen has a B plus day and Mac Allen or Mac Jones has a has a B-plus day as well. He's just not the same quarterback as Josh Allen. So that's what it came down to me. Quarterbacking, quarterbacking, quarterbacking. And I just think Josh Allen's a much better quarterback than Mac Jones. So I don't agree with him when it comes to that. But that was a really good takeaway. And again, it was only a 15, 16-minute interview. But thank you so much, Ben, for your time. I really appreciate that. And I'll tell you what, before getting out of here, uh, I want to switch gears real quick, man. I want to acknowledge the passing of somebody who was rightfully so regarded by many as a very uh very prominent popular figure in the buffalo sports media for many 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 years i'm talking about brian blessing brian blessing spent uh, about a quarter century or so working in the buffalo sports media uh most notably you'll remember him at least if you're not real young you'll remember him as the co-host of the hockey hotline he did that alongside mike robitaille anyway brian uh sadly died this weekend in his Las Vegas home at the age of uh, 64, 64. Brian was living out there west in Vegas and he was one of the personalities. They have a hockey hotline show with the with the Vegas Golden Knights. And also he did work for uh, Sportsbook Radio out there in Vegas. Now, my memories of Brian, the biggest ones I have, is when it came to the Empire Sports Network back in like the 90s and like in the beginning of the 2000s, uh, especially with the Sabres. Brian Blessing was... Just an absolute fixture in sports talk show programming. I mean, Hockey Hotline. That dude, this the show was must. It was a must-watch show for for any Sabres fan. Back in those days, Brian Blessing, Mike Robitaille, after the game, whether they played well, whether they played like shit, you put that on. You put on that post-game show, and you watched them. You 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 heard, and you and you watched what they had to say. uh, The great chemistry and. uh, they just fit together, and it was a really, really good pairing. And uh, I, it just it brought back a lot of a lot of my memories. A Lot of when I was at the height of Mike Saber's fandom, I just remember watching the Hockey Hotline with Brian Blessing and Mike Robitaille, and it was awesome, man. And I should also point out that you know not just hockey and Empire Sports Network. That wasn't the only thing Brian did in Buffalo to all these years. He was a he was a sports anchor, and I'm not sure. How many people remember this? But he was actually a sports anchor at Channel 4 um, during the Bills' Super Bowl years. I got a lot of good memories watching Brian in action. I do. I remember fondly, man. He was definitely one of the best around Western New York to do it. And uh, eh, just really shitty news. So thoughts and prayers go out to, to Brian Blessing and to his family, to his friends. Great talent. Great talent. From, by all accounts, from everything I'm reading, from everything I'm hearing from people who knew him because I didn't know him personally. Great person too, so really sucks, man. Rest in peace, Brian Blessing, and I'll tell you what, we're going to get out of here on that note. Thank you again very, very much, Ben Albright, joining the show. Again, not a long interview, but Ben's busy, and I appreciate him giving us time. Fifth time doing his podcast, by the way, too. So cool, so thank you very much, Ben. Guys, girls, if you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do that right now. Subscribe, rate, and review. All that stuff takes like two seconds to do. Subscribe on our YouTube channel too because videos are coming really, really, really soon. Promise you that. Um, yeah. Oh, follow me on Twitter, I guess. I don't know. I'm just going to do my spiel here talking. I'm just looking at a, a blank wall right now. At Pat Moran tweets. I, uh, I'm always on Twitter. And you no. Know, That's what it is. Oh, by the way, tomorrow, I forgot, because this is Tuesday show, Wednesday, a bonus show. You got my man, Anthony, from Cover One. He's going to be on, first time ever on this podcast. And I'm really looking forward to talking to him because we're going to talk tons of Buffalo Bills in depth. And I got a conversation waiting when it comes to Tremaine Edmonds that I've been waiting to have with somebody who knows film, and Anthony certainly does. So we'll talk about that. Casual Friday coming up later this week as well. Busy week here at Talk Buffalo Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you guys soon.